You're listening to episode 58 of the Within Us podcast with Ozzy Jankovic. I'm so glad that you're here. Today's guest, Heather Dean, will be sharing all about public relations for your business and your brand. Before we dive into the episode, I want to share a few thoughts with you. Questions that come to me from my clients in their work again and again. So let's get started. How often have you heard someone say to you, I don't want to promote myself. I don't want to market myself. If you've ever heard that before, or if you've ever heard that, I want to share the following thing with you. Number one, you're not marketing yourself. You're not promoting yourself either. What you are promoting is a solution to someone else's problem. Listen closely. If you know that you have a methodology, a service, or a product that can genuinely educate someone, entertain someone, heal someone, solve their problem, or bring more beauty and happiness into their life, don't you want to do everything you possibly can to get that in front of them? That's what I thought. So, Why is it that so many people have a hard time marketing themselves and promoting themselves? I think it's because they're promoting themselves. They're bringing themselves into the picture. There is definitely an emotional element of marketing and selling in that vulnerability can be challenging. It can be challenging to think about the idea of getting rejected. But that being said, you're not being rejected. It's that for whatever reason, something you're sharing is being shared to the wrong person, perhaps at the wrong offer, the wrong price, or even the wrong time. But if you keep sharing it, if you keep staying visible, chances are that with the right data and feedback, when you analyze what's going on and how your message is landing, you are going to be able to get your solution, your product, your service, your program, whatever it is that you're putting out into the world to help other people solve their problems, you're gonna get it in front of the right person. So keep doing what you're doing. And if you have any questions about this idea, you know where to find me. With nothing further, let's dive in to this week's incredible episode with Heather Dean. I'm so excited to be here today with my special guest, Heather Dean. Welcome, Heather. You have such a fascinating story. You had a full career as a broadcast journalist in the 80s at MTV in New York City. You have produced celebrity interviews, news stories, and been working in association with the Associated Press, Radio Network, E! Entertainment, TV Guide, People Magazine, Teen People Magazine, Family Circle, all the places. You have been interviewed on NBC, MSNBC, Fox, Fox 5, New York, all of the major outlets, and you've commented on all sorts of breaking entertainment news stories. In addition to your robust experience in media, you've also been on quite a spiritual journey that's brought you across the world. You encapsulated both of those stories in the incredible book, Searching for Heather Dean, which came out this past year. It is on my bookshelf. I love it so much. It's on yours also. What a beautiful cover. 
And I got so much out of this book, both in terms of PR and media, and also in terms of the very straightforward and rational, brilliant way you laid out your spiritual journey. So I highly recommend this book. And today we're really delving into that PR piece. How do we engage with PR to become more visible so that we can bring our purpose-driven businesses to as many souls as possible? So Heather, thank you so much for joining me. It's really a pleasure to have you. Thank you very, very much. Very excited to be here. And hi, everybody who's joining us as well. If I could just make a slight correction, I did get my start in the late 80s with my internship at uh, MTV, at which grew out into an actual paying job. When it, my career as a celebrity interviewer, or as I prefer, interviewer of celebrities, since I'm not a celebrity, that was in the 90s, actually. So I am fully identified as Gen X. So through the 90s and into the early 2000s, I was ensconced in the entertainment business as an interviewer. Now, because of that, and because I was working with such large international media outlets, so I was on the receiving end of hundreds and hundreds every year of pitches from publicists letting me know that this or that celebrity client of theirs was passing through New York City where I was based. And would I conduct an interview with them on behalf of, often it was the Associated Press Radio Network, which is the largest radio network and news service in the world. I worked exclusively for their entertainment division. So I was often invited for AP Radio to go to every movie screening you can imagine. That was my homework. But also I was sent back in the days of tapes, so tapes of television shows, uh, again, that was homework. CDs was the main format for music. So every CD you can imagine. And on and on, just like uh, Broadway show tickets and everything. This is the homework that I did. So yes, it was the most fun job in the world. But my point... And to give our listeners a little context, Heather. Heather's interviewed Oprah and Madonna and Brad Pitt and literally every big name that you could possibly imagine. Yes. Why on earth did I leave that? <laughs> Why on earth did I uh, leave that business? You can read all about it in my memoir, which are in the show notes, which are in the uh, workshop notes. But in brief, if it was something that gave me so much life and so much fulfillment, I would still be doing that. It's just that when I methodically and slowly became uh, religious into the religion I was born into, Judaism, so I went for the life upgrade. And that means living a Torah-centered life in Israel. Thank God for my journey. But since we are talking about engaging media, so it was publicists who were constantly trying to engage with me as the journalist and broadcaster. And yes, even with Oprah, whom I've interviewed a few times, it always started with hearing first from the publicist on behalf of whatever it was she was promoting. So when she was inducted into the Television Hall of Fame, it was the Television Hall of Fame people that contacted me and said, hey, can we fly you and a guest? down to uh, Orlando, where the Television Hall of Fame is located. And here are all the inductees. Among them was Oprah, but there were many, including Dan Rather and everyone of that particular generation. So that you would think, okay, so that's enticing enough. You know, fly me down to Florida because my status was freelancer as opposed to working specifically for the news organization, AP Radio. So because you can't really pay like the AP and news service to do stuff, but you can pay their freelancers 
in the form of an airline ticket to fly them down. Okay. But engaging the media, so even though it was mostly celebrities that I was being pitched, it does still require the right pitch letter if they're going to interest someone in the media. And things have changed since back then when press releases were what you would send in the mail to journalists. (laughs) And things have changed and you have to change with the times. So one thing that I would like to dispel with people that are entrepreneurs and company people who are participating with us today is that media alerts in the form of press releases will really not get you far. Not at all. They're kind of frowned upon because the format is a long, laborious format that has an intro and an outro and the points of why it is you may consider this as a story for your platform. Nobody really these days who is in the media has time to wade through a long, laborious press release, especially ones that post themselves or that uh, position themselves as breaking news. It's, you know, if you have the time to put together a press release and compose it and go through all the spell check, it's really not breaking news anymore. So you have to... Yeah, um, this is fascinating. So no longer is the press release the way to go. This is really interesting. It's really old school. It's not that it's not done. It's certainly done. But one of my credits nowadays that has helped me parlay my experience as a New York-based broadcaster in the mainstream media is that now I produce my own podcast. My company produces the podcast that I host for age.com. That's called At Home in Jerusalem. So that- no, no show, Which I really enjoy, by the way. There's so many good things about it. Thank you. So, well, one of the things that people seem to enjoy is for me, I'm just, as usual, doing my favorite thing was just to interview. But what I do is every podcast, every show, my guest is a different Torah scholar or Jewish media personality who's super well-known that I interview about some aspect of Jewish home life. So it's really, really niched into covering that. So when media tries to engage with me, or I should say when publicists or entrepreneurs or whatever who try to engage with me and to be considered as a guest on this show. So hopefully they have listened to the show and know what at least what the show is about. There's all kinds of tips about how to pitch the media, which I do as one of my coaching services. And you can contact me because I won't get to everything about how to pitch the media in, the, in just uh, our time together. But the reason I say that press releases are so old school is it sort of forces or asks that media producer or host to do the work for them, to sift through this press release and say, hmm, I wonder if there's something in here that's good for my listeners. They are not going to do that. It will end up in the trash or in the trash box of the email account. So how not to avoid getting in the trash box? So Heather, that's interesting. So essentially what I'm understanding is instead of sending out a general press release talking about this new program or this new book or this podcast, whatever this thing is, it's being so focused on what that outlet wants to share with their audience. Is that correct? What the outlet wants to share, but also the decision maker, which is usually a producer, if you're talking about podcast, TV, and radio, or an editor, if you're talking about a newspaper or a news service, those are the ones that are making the decisions. 
So you have to make it relevant. How is this going to benefit their target, their audience or their readers? So that's that's another reason why press releases are just awful. And it's sort of like if you were the one making those decisions, you just feel like you have just been blasted this form letter. We all hate form letters. And press releases feel like form letters because they are. It's very not personal. So in the old days, when I was an interviewer of celebrities, if it wasn't a celebrity I was being pitched, if it was somebody who wrote a book about some game show host, it would almost always be rejected by my editor-in-chief. Only if it was somebody who represented a book about one of the Rolling Stones or you know someone really super famous would my editor-in-chief consider it. It really had to fit what our readers and audience enjoyed. So, Ozzy, give me an example of somebody who is right sure. now in a workshop. What kind of business do they run? Sure. It makes so much sense. Everything you're saying makes so much sense. And to sort of understand this in my own mind, there's so much information now. It's not as though we're sending a letter in the mail. I would imagine publicists are receiving stacks and stacks And it isn't until we have either that personal relationship or a very clear way of adding value in that niche. So everything you're saying makes so much sense to me. And I think that knowing the listeners of Within Us podcast and also the members of the Insight Circle, we are really purpose-driven entrepreneurs and creatives. I can give you an example. Perfect example is my guest speaker from last week, who is Dr. Leelach Saperstein great example. She's an audiologist. And she's also developed a method, a framework for parents to use in order to improve the communication and relationships in their families with children of children who are hard of hearing. And also this framework can be used with children in general. So I think that would be a phenomenal example. Okay. So I'm going to, Leela, hi. So, but what I'm going to advise with a starting point for Lilach, I'm going to try to apply it to everybody. So first of all, with Lilach, she's in the space that she is in. If I were advising Lilach, I would look up, first of all, in the calendar. There are all sorts of every day commemorate something, <laughs> whether it's uh, take our daughters to work day or work month, or whether it's um, National Kielbasa Day or National or the Kosher Fest, which usually takes place in the winter. Okay, so there's many different things. So in Leelock's business, there's probably somebody set up a international well-hearing month or any sort of number of commemoration days. Your press person or yourself can parlay that into when you notify members of the media who would be interested in this. You don't blast it just anyone, but maybe different medical outlets. And I would go for the Mayo Clinic, who's such a great platform because of what they do, but also because they do a little bit of programming. But anyway, so you go to the pertinent outlets and you can let them know December is National Hearing Month or whatever it is. And you may have something that is of value for the people that engage with their platform right then and there. So that creates a little bit of an urgency especially if it's like a certain day, National Hearing Day. What if it's December 14th? Whatever it is, you can say that I would be available to speak to your correspondents about that. That's one way of doing it. But the point is is that with Leela, he wants to hit the type of outlets 
that would actually cover that story. So you would probably want to hit Women's Health Magazine and Parenting Magazine online and any number of things. Lilach would not want to engage necessarily with TV Guide online or something that's in general not her industry at all. But the more niche that you can get to hit your industry, the better. And not in the form of a press release, but in the form of a pitch. Very important to keep it short. It's very important to keep it to the point. And it's very important to offer how you can add value to their followers, listeners, audience. To the outlet. I love this so much. And it makes so much sense to utilize that calendar component so that you are working on a time frame and really adding value specifically. That's incredible. So it's finding out the calendar, finding out the dates that are specific for your industry, where these various outlets are going to be wanting to be sharing this types of content, writing the pitch, and then in the pitch, being as specific and clear about adding value to that outlet as possible. Yes. One thing that's coming up that's a no-brainer is Thanksgiving, right? So again, in the case of Lilach, if we are going to gather around a Thanksgiving table, and it's been a stressor for that family member of yours who has a hard time straining to hear the conversation. So this could help with a Thanksgiving piece. And then you could branch out a tiny bit because all of the outlets, there's many outlets that are covering Thanksgiving, many, many, many. So you could go for the gold and try to contact Good Morning America, CBS This Morning and Today's show. Again, you would need somebody like me or somebody who's connected to the media to perhaps get you to the right person at those shows. Not that I have a magic wand and I'm not a publicist mm-hmm. and no publicist created magic wand and uh, say, oh, my contact at Good Morning America, I have their ear. I, it doesn't work necessarily like that. But with Thanksgiving coming up, so not just for Lilac with people who may strain to hear what's going on at the Thanksgiving table, but we're also entering into gift giving season in the general world holiday seasons. And I don't know about you, Ozzy, but I've already gotten lots of consumer blasts about early Black Friday. Early Black Friday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) In many industries, whether you are an art therapist or hearing specialist, or if you have merchandise, right? Merchandise is like, this is a great time of year for merchandisers. So that makes a lot of sense. So essentially what I hear you saying is to be as clear as possible about really matching what it is that you're offering, what it is that you're sharing, the value that you're bringing with the outlet that you're connecting with. Right, right. And obviously you want to get to the actual decision maker. So that's a huge piece. That's probably one of your best or our best takeaways from this entire workshop today is get to the decision maker. That makes a lot of sense. And it also what you're saying about perhaps someone might want to, you know, as you said, go for the gold and go to Good Morning America. That being said, it seems to me as though there would be a trajectory to follow, meaning someone who's just starting out, perhaps the place where they might be able to start on their own engaging with local medias or blogs, and then working your way as your experience, as your impact is growing. And then at what point do you want to, as a PR-minded business person, really bring in a coach or bring in a a PR consultant. Can you walk us through how that all makes the most sense? I think if you're going to actually hire, let's say the PR consultant. So public relations means you're dealing with the public and the relations part is what do you have actually to promote? 
So if you just want to get your name out there without something to promote, you need to have some sort of a product. So personally, I did my first, first, first foray after being in the media for a very, very long time. My first foray on being on the other side of it was when I finally had something to promote. So when I was saying earlier in today's conversation about my choosing a life upgrade and making a decision to leave the entertainment business as a celebrity interviewer and instead to make Aliyah move to Israel, which is where, thank God, I met my husband and we've started our family. And this December, we are going to celebrate our 19th wedding anniversary, God willing. Mm -hmm. So that whole story, I myself can't even believe it, that it happened, but I put mm -hmm. pen to paper, wrote the book. And when the book was still in manuscript stage and I thought in the release stage, so that's when I finally engaged someone to help get the word out about this project. And this is someone who is an avid book reader. And that in itself is an entire research project because I was researching what sort of person would be a good fit to represent the book. Okay, not to represent me necessarily, but to represent the book. And that dovetailed into so many other projects and opened up a lot of other horizons for me. So I think you have to be clear on what it is that you have to promote. I did take a couple of notes on, I have a lot of information about like- Fantastic. And to know uh, how to actually get someone in your corner to do this. So my first step, and I think it paid off, was doing a lot of research. So- it was a little bit of word of mouth and a lot of research because I wanted to work with someone in Israel just to be on the same time zone. So it was a matter of investigating, having conversations with uh, people who do public relations in Israel, who does digital marketing and who has a good track record and who deals with the kind of audience, the kind of readership that I was interested in reaching. So I ended up just making my own shidduch by making the calls and putting in the legwork. And that'll often result in, you know, when you email someone who you think might be a good candidate or email a few people. So it may result in having a phone conversation. This was pre-COVID. So we also, for the, just for the investment of a cup of coffee for this individual and me. So, you know, we had, again, a conversation in person to go over what was necessary for me to advance my own project that I was, in this case, my book. So it, that didn't cost me any money except the cost of two cups of coffee to at least get started. And many people in the PR space, they are willing to have just that initial conversation with you just to see if it's a good fit for them and for you to see if it's a good fit for you, if this is the right person to represent you and your product or service. Makes a lot of sense. I really appreciate what you said about representing the book. It was representing the book. It was very specific. And it also really makes sense in terms of your advice and being as specific and niche and clear as possible. So if we know who we're speaking to, we'll be much more clear about how we can find them and share the piece with them. Right. So I think also a good PR agent and this, uh, the individual who steered me in the right direction had said, well, because I had visions actually of being on the Today Show, like what an incredible story, right? Having gone from celebrity interviewer to somebody who does other things and who left celebrity interviewing. So I thought that for any of the morning shows, this would be a great story. And so the person advised me really well and probably saved me a lot of time and headache and heartache, said, first, this is a book that may interest Jewish readers 
probably will first and foremost interest Jewish readers. So let's first look into Jewish media. And that meant by then, by the time I wrote this book, so podcasting had already burst on the scene. So podcast, TV, radio, and print was the strategy, the way to go. So you also have to know, as you were saying, Ozzy, do I go for broke and pitch the morning shows or do I start with a nice simmer? Instead of a boil, just let's simmer this thing. And that's when I had a product to promote. In the case of a service, you're right. So you have to work with someone or even if that someone is you to also know what is the right way just to get started, as you said. And that means that it's going to be a grassroots kind of thing to get people interested. And of course, when you have grassroots, that means you have to water those roots. So most people, when they just start out, they're not ready to speak to the morning shows. Even the first time that I got invited to speak for big network, I think it was Fox and no, it was NBC News. Okay. And I mentioned that because at that point, I was already used to interviewing very, very, very famous people. So I wasn't phased by being in front of a camera and talking to a national news audience. I just wasn't. But Let's say that I was a local person who had a product or service to promote. So yes, flow is the way to get started. So it might mean getting the interest of local audiences, local readers, and working your way through there. And it could mean if you are an expert in your field, and we're all experts at something. So there are definitely opportunities, and the right advisor, the right coach can lead you to those opportunities where you may be able to speak about your service as an expert in that field. Well, Heather, this would make so much sense in terms of really connecting with the low-hanging fruit, connecting with your community, the specific people who need what it is that you have. And I also really appreciate the way that you share so generously that this big interview, the interview with these big outlets, it's a big deal. And I think that there can be a huge mindset component and a practice component about what does it look like to walk out on a stage when so many people are looking and listening. And that is something that needs to be practiced. You had had that practice. So it sounds to me like those practice pieces, the preparation could be something where a coach might come into play. Yes, it could be. So this is the thing is that one of the services I'm going to be actually launching, please God, in about a month or so is actually a kind of coaching service that I've not seen anywhere else. Certainly not somebody with, uh, gosh, I hate to brag about this, but certainly not somebody who has the kind of credentials that I do as far as interviewing. So people who are interested, who are listening and watching us now can contact me for further information in that if they feel that they need an interview coach, whatever side of the microphone they're on, for somebody who is already someone who hosts podcasts or radio show, television show, or who is a journalist who interviews people for their stories. So this is the sort of thing that I coach, as well as the sort of person who wants to be the guest interview, because it's not so simple, especially if you don't have the practice. Absolutely. Um, I listen to your podcast and it's 18 minutes and it's so refined. It is so well done. The way that you know how to ask, ask the questions when you do, and we don't just pick up a microphone. It doesn't have to be that. Right, right, right. So 
the podcast that I host right now, so most of the people that I interviewed, as I mentioned before, they're really, really well-known Torah scholars, and they're really well-known personalities in the Jewish space. So they already know how to speak to a producer and interviewer, most of them. I did have a podcast guest who was not so practiced, and this individual was really super nervous and did not know really how to answer simple questions that were already given to them prior mm-hmm. to the interview because I knew it was their first, their first interview. Yeah, it was very, very uncomfortable for the individual, but it was also uncomfortable for me as the interviewer. I felt so bad for them that they got a little bit of mic fright. So yes, it does mean getting some practice and it might mean trying to do that on a local level. So if you have an area of expertise, let's say that it could be that it's a topic, maybe Jewish holidays or something, that a seminary would like to book you as a guest speaker to try it once. And that's also its own kind of pitch. I love that. Yeah, it makes so much sense to me. I heard someone speaking the other day about you know, the most listened to TED Talk is by Sir Ken Robinson, and it's about creativity. Ken Robinson didn't start at TED. He started by talking to a classroom of preschoolers in his neighborhood. And that's where he started. And I think it can be so humbling to think like this, but this is a skill. I think it's so important what you're saying makes so much sense. I can't tell you how many hours of footage I've erased over the last year since I started my podcast because it's a practice. It's a practice, right? I love all of this so much. I'm so excited for your new coaching and the new programs that you're offering. And I would love to share with our podcast listeners before we wrap up the podcast interview where they can find you. It's all going to be in the show notes, but I'd love for you to share it aloud here as well. Sure, absolutely. So anyone can contact me through my website, which simply enough is heatherdeanproductions.com. So there's a contact page for you there and I'd love to hear from you. And there's also information if you want to buy my book and read a great story about a great journey, which I'm so grateful for. And also just to hear about what it's like to interview the celebrities that I've interviewed. It is such a great book. Everyone needs to go out and buy Heather's book. I loved Heather's book. And I'll say this again. I loved listening to your interviews about Oprah and the part where you said when you met Brad Pitt, he wasn't really a Brad Pitt. I mean, it's hilarious and it's entertaining and it's insightful and You have such a way of connecting to these humans. And then there's this spiritual journey that it's just incredible how you wrote this book. So searching for Heather D. Thank you very, very much indeed. And I also wish you the best in everything that you're doing, which is on a spiritual level and a giving level, a human level. It's very, very clear. It comes through every conversation that you have, how important it is to you, Dr. Ozzy to empower people and to inspire people. Who inspires people more than you? Like, it's like a mission of yours. Oh, you are so, so kind. Thank you so much for that. Was that phenomenal or what? I am taking so much away from this episode with Heather. And the number one takeaway for me truly is that when you're reaching out to promote the work that you do, Make it easy for people to say yes. Give them a clear topic, a clear offer, a clear article, and a clear way that you can contribute to what they are doing and sharing. Keeping all that in mind, it's so important. Remember that you're reaching out to people who are working hard, people who are busy. 
And the more clear that you can be about exactly the way that your content is going to add value to their platform, the easier it is for them to say yes to you and the less work that they have to do on your behalf. Make it easy. I'm so excited to hear about whatever it is that you're promoting. I'd love to hear from you directly. Shoot me an email, ozzy at drozzy.co, or you can always DM me on all social media. I'm Ozzy Jankovic everywhere. Thank you so much for being here. I know that your time is the most precious resource that you have. It means so much to me that you're here and you're tuning in and you're a part of this community. I want to let you know that I have a free Facebook group and you can get in on it. My free Facebook group is called Your Creative Legacy with Ozzy Jankovic. Hop on over to Facebook, send a request, and I would love to see you inside because we have lots coming up that is going to be there to support you and assist you on this journey. Wherever you are in the world, I hope that you are meeting yourself with kindness because you are kindness, you are love, and everything else is just an illusion. Abundant blessings and successes. Until next time.